0: Well, most people, when they first get married, have to deal with a lot of adjustments in life, and that's really true for those who are uh, joining together as a blended family, and children are part of the mix. I'm John Fuller, along with Greg and Aaron Smalley. They lead our marriage team, and I'll just throw this out to either one of you. What are some of the common adjustments unique to couples who are uh, becoming a blended family?
1: Yeah, I think it's all about expectations. It makes me think about that Aaron and I have been married... Thirty years, and we adopted our youngest daughter from China. What, twelve years ago? Twelve years ago. And I had so many expectations. I knew exactly how this was gonna go. In terms
0: of your relationship with Aaron and a,
1: an adopted child, or uh, all, all, of honestly, really? all of it, honestly, all of it, and with
2: our biological yeah. kids, how that was gonna look.
1: I, I remember uh, literally when the the social worker brought her up Annie to to our hotel room. We were so excited. So it was our whole family. So, Aaron and I, and then our three biological kids. And so there's a knock on the door. We open the door and just, you know, the expectation that thus begins the fairy tale. We're finally reunited. We can start our life together. We just said, Annie, you know, welcome home. We're your family. And she took one look at us and broke free, her arm free of the social worker and ran off. I mean, she was Mm -hmm. gone. Screaming. And, and our son was 10 at the time, and he goes, Well, will they bring us up another one? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the whole point being, I had built up how this moment of meeting Annie for the first time and welcoming her home and in, into our family would look. And it went the literally the exact opposite. And I think for so many blended couples that they've already formulated how this is going to happen and the love that we're all going to feel together and how quickly that we're going to enter into these deep relationships and start this this new life together and so i think it's it's those expectations that get us into such big trouble yeah
0: well we're going to have ron deal share some thoughts on this topic um he has a great story that he shared with jim daly about a couple named angela and anthony
3: Blended families create competition for time and attention. We know that. Mm -hmm. Um, There's all those layers, we're gonna talk about that. We'll unfold those layers over the next few minutes. Uh, Share the story of Angela and Anthony and how it demonstrates something you call in the book the triangle of attachment, because I think it starts the discussion on some of those underlying issues. Yeah, I know this couple, a great couple. Um, Wise,
4: savvy, healthy adults. When Angela was a single parent, her love language is quality time. Her kids' love language was quality time. What a perfect match. As a single mom who was worried about her children, their father had left and really had, you know, kind of stepped out of the picture in a big way. So she wanted to nurture their hearts. So they developed this little ritual, nighttime ritual, to help them survive that traumatic experience of dad leaving and every night they'd lay in bed and talk talk about the day you know kind of decompress and love on each other a little bit and her children were elementary A's and early teenage and it worked for them well the ritual got so important it would last an hour an hour and a half mm. all right now fast forward turn the corner she's now married to a man Anthony who has a couple of children of his own they're moving back and forth into their home um, on weekends he's with his wife and stepchildren 24-7. And every night his wife goes into their kid's bedroom and he waits an hour and a half for her to come out after spending time. Let's recognize the ritual is so important to the children. It's reassuring. Mom's still here. We haven't lost mom. Um, this is how we've survived life together. It's important to all of them. And at the same time, there's this marriage that's waiting for some time at the end of a long day, and and he's kind of outside going, um, tap, tap, uh, is, is it over yet, you know? And she's feeling a little, you know, I don't violate this space, you don't know how important this is, and her kids are looking at her like, why would he interrupt our time? And in the meantime, he's going, he's beginning to think, okay, are they more important to you than uh, me and our marriage? And so you see the triangle. Oh, sure. Mom and her children are tight and strong, and as it should be. She did a fabulous thing by her children through the single-parent years. But now what was functional is a little dysfunctional for their blending process. So what do they do? Right? There's no easy... Does she just cut off the ritual? Does she just say, sorry, kids, can't do this anymore? Well, that's going to create this sense of loss again in their heart. And you can see how complicated sure. it is. And so what... What they had to do is they had to start communicating. They had to start talking and developing empathy. You know, He had to, as a stepdad, start listening to, oh, that's what this is meaning to your children. Oh, I see how this played a role through the, I get it now. I understand You know, empathy for his wife, who feels caught in the middle, trying to do right by her children and her husband. She had to develop empathy for him, feeling like an outsider, like all alone, left out, clearly not a part of this little family moment and lonely. And she had to see the relevance of that. So they began to talk, what would it look like if we changed the ritual, altered the ritual? Ultimately, mom had to take responsibility with her children to begin to put some parameters on it, to shorten it up, to shore it up, not to end it. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say end that. And give it the right place. Give it the right place and reserve something in your heart and time and energy for your husband. But by the way, your kids are probably going to, and they did. Kind of push back, mom, hello, why are you leaving so early? You know, this is our thing. And she had to kind of find that strength to say, yeah, you know, I know this is hard, but I love my husband and we're going to have to just shorten this up a little bit. But I'm here for you guys every night, but now it's time for me to be with him. Hmm. Does that create some little hardness in their heart towards their stepfather? Because if he wasn't here, we'd still have, yeah, it does. There is a competition going on between mom's time with her husband and her time with her children. Competition's a strong word, but I really think it's the right word. Yeah, no, I understand that. And so they have to deal with that delicate relation thing by attending to both the children and the marriage but trying to decrease the competitive environment.
3: Ron, let me ask you a generic question as a follow-up just to make sure people who are in this spot can hear some help and some answers. What is a way, uh, what are the two or three things that they need to do that they need to recognize? For example, in that story you told, Mm -hmm. do you get the whole family together to resolve this or do you as husband and wife talk about it, find the path forward, then begin to talk with the kids about it together? separately? I'm not sure there's a right answer. I do know couples always need to start the
4: conversation with each other because their work, that's one of the ways they preserve their marriage within this parenting dilemma. That's a bonding process. It is, right? And at some point, there's going to be communication to the children. There's a unity there if they're talking just privately, right? Exactly, exactly. So that's one of the things they want to do is start communicating husband and wife, start listening what it's like to be everybody else in this triangle except me, um, trying to communicate your particular need in this situation without criticism or, you know, denigrating the ritual or whatever the past was about and say, all right, we, it is delicate. How do we work together to make changes when they make the, uh, changes regard in this case regarding the children? It's mom's job. The biological parent has to take the lead on that. Imagine stepdad. Yeah, it won't work. Stepping in and going, I, I'm sorry, kids. I get her now. Right. No, no, no. That's just building resentment toward him. And that's breaking down ultimately. See, ultimately this triangle marriage versus parent-child relationship competing, ultimately what's at stake here is the stepdad's relationship with the stepchildren. If they don't manage this well, if mom doesn't take responsibility for making the parental changes, it could come at the sacrifice of him as a stepfather and his relationship with the kids. And now we're not blending anymore.
3: Right. It's so true, and I experienced that as a boy. When mm-hmm. I was eight and nine, my mom had remarried a man named Hank, mm-hmm. and unbeknownst to us, she was not doing well health-wise. She was dying of cancer, but we, we the kids, didn't know. And he would lock her in the master bedroom, and he'd, I remember him pointing to me and saying, uh-huh. hey, don't bother your mother, because mm-hmm. you'll wear her down. She doesn't have enough energy for you. That's a horrible thing to say. Mm, absolutely. Mm. You know, but it put fear into me. Like, I don't want to harm my mother. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, it really made me angry at him. Mm-hmm. Who are you, mm-hmm. yeah. Hank, Yep. to tell me what to do with my mom? Yep. So I totally right. get that mm. yeah. dilemma. But there was no, you know, he did not have the emotional capacity to understand my problem. Mm-hmm. I don't think he really cared. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. 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 So. And if he would have had, you know, the
4: empathy piece would have, there would have been, this is hard for Jim. He doesn't understand what's going on. He doesn't quite get the whole picture. How do I do this delicately and gently and lovingly? I mean that's a totally different, he still might have had to set a boundary of some kind, but to communicate it in a very different way may have had a very different result in terms of how you thought about him. some great insights
0: from Ron Deal and Aaron uh, speak to that spouse who like Angela is struggling because they're so attached to their children uh, the marriage seems almost secondary what do they do about that hmm.
2: you know it's recognizing that as we enter into this marriage that there are things that have formed between a parent and their ch- their kids and so there's some loss there and i encourage anyone who's dealing with that to allow themselves to grieve, grieve that, you know, part of this is I'm sad that it's not the same anymore. Now there's another part. I'm happy that I'm entering into this new season with a new spouse and, but it changes the relationship I once had with my kids. But we have to recognize both parts matter and that we can attend to both parts, both the loss and the excitement and the joy. I've, I've worked with several Uh, blended families that this has been an issue and you know looking at that no I can't I can no longer spend hours in the evening, kind of like Angela was saying, you know, tucking in or even falling asleep with my child night after night. And because I've got this new relationship, and how do I attend to this new relationship as well as attend to my relationship with my kids? It's going to look different.
0: And this is a hard one because there's not a, a, a neat, easy way to say, oh, my marriage is my priority because I'm just rolling through the years in our non blended family. Mm-hmm. We had six kids. We were always dealing with kids. It was very, very hard to keep the marriage the priority. Uh, and there were times when it wasn't because so many kid issues. So speak to that. I mean, what what's a healthy way to be seeing this?
1: Well, I think first and foremost, to verbalize that. We, we have to be willing to... To have those honest conversations that that I'm feeling disconnected or even walking into this situation to go, this is pro- this going to be awkward. You know, I've been behaving this way for the past however many years. Mm-hmm. And you just don't, that's not a light switch. You just turn off. To, but to, to verbalize that to each other to go, what will that look like?
2: Yeah. And also talk about the loss. And, you know, as a spouse, recognizing that whatever your spouse is dealing with, with that loss of what was with her kids or him with his kids, that that's okay, that those feelings are real. And, you know, just being able to lean into that and care about the loss and the difficulty. Sometimes there would be a propensity to take that personally, like, hey, you're not prioritizing me and I want to be a priority. But it's recognizing you're, there's all kinds of things going on and just being able to uh, care for yourself but then lean into whatever your spouse is yeah, dealing with.
1: Yeah, in yeah, the reality, John, you have six kids. Aaron and I have four. Um, again, we're not saying that we're a blended family, but e- even with us, if, if we don't make a choice and go, okay, tonight we're going to have a date night or tonight we're, we're going to watch, you know, Something that we'll stream together, or we're gonna have an intentional conversation. It'll never happen. There's this, there's there's too much competition for for just our time and attention. And and kids want that. Mm-hmm. And we used to teach our kids that you know, mom and dad, to keep our marriage strong, we need time. And so that that's a good message to give to our blended family that that boy, we want to give you guys time and build all those relationships mom and i need time or dad and i need time yeah
0: just articulate that yeah, yeah.
1: And, and i think how we practically do that like this we did this the other day which has been super busy and i i just said to Aaron you know let, hey let's just go out on the back deck here in Colorado look at the mountains and just you know, spend 10 minutes. Let's just do a quick check-in. How are you doing? How am I doing? And she's taught me. Erin has taught me over the years to go, what are three feeling words? And it's great. That That's that's what gives us an ability just to check in, really what's going on. I stay updated on what Erin is facing. She gets to say, ask me the same thing. It just makes such a big difference. So the point is that will never happen on its own unless we make that choice. And so part of just dealing with this is just the reality that, that there has to be times where we tell the kids, you know, you guys keep doing this. Mom and I are going to take 10 minutes In in don't interrupt us. Yeah. And if you do, then you'll owe us time tomorrow. You'll sit in a timeout, yep. whatever. you just got to be, to, be intentional to, to, on this. And I don't even that.
2: know that I got to tell you. I love it when you pursue me in that way because he initiated that. He hmm. said, "Hey, let's let's go check in." And do you re- do you remember that by the end of our time together, I think there were three children out on oh, the back yeah. deck with us yeah. fighting us for our time and yes. us just going, "You know what? This is our time. We'll talk to you in a minute. Just give us 10 minutes."
0: Oh my goodness. This is such a reality for all of us. We have to be intentional, right, in our mm-hmm. marriages and blended families especially. Um, You've got to be really super intentional about keeping the marriage a priority. Well, I hope this episode has encouraged you. Um, For more of the conversation, we've got a link to the free entire two-part conversation with Ron Deal and Dr. Gary Chapman about love languages for blended families, about uh, blended families uh, being able to... Uh, really have healthy conversations, healthy expectations, Uh, the link for that entire two-part conversation is in the show notes. If you'd like to read some of Ron and Gary's insights, uh, their book is amazing. It's called Building Love Together in Blended Families. We've got a link to it in the show notes. We're making that available to you for a generous donation of any amount to the Ministry of Focus on the Family today. Uh, We're listener-supported, and we rely on... Uh, your financial contributions to keep making podcasts like this. So please uh, donate as you can, either a monthly gift or a one-time donation, and uh, we'll send that book to you. All the details uh, for doing that are in the show notes. Next time, we'll hear from Rosie McKinney, offering hope to couples who have been hurt by pornography. For now, on behalf of Greg and Erin Smalley and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.